as advisors, we need to back up and say, well, sure, this person can sell and they can sell for a lot of money, but why are they really interested in selling? We don't want them to sell their successful business and have seller's remorse. Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this. Gain the insight and knowledge that thousands of business owners and their advisors have used to plan for the future. The BEI membership equips you with the proven process that enables owners to exit their business on their terms. Receive access to case studies, podcasts like the one you're listening to now, a resource toolkit, and so much more. Cement your position as the trusted advisor to your most successful clients. Get started today by visiting exitplanning.com forward slash membership. That's exitplanning.com forward slash membership. John, on the way in today to this meeting, you said that you had some things you've been thinking about and that you wanted to maybe have a conversation about in this podcast today. What are those? Well, first of all, Elizabeth was a little surprised I was thinking of anything, but I was. It's fine. Uh, Because I've been doing a little writing on third-party sales. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot in why we plan about why we plan. Also, we talk about how we plan, when we plan, and things. But we like why we plan because it has a nice ring to it. And so we talk about planning a lot. But the way we often encounter real-life business owners the very first time uh, is when they come to us and they say, I want to sell my business. And usually they're not thinking of a five-year planning runway as they say this. They're usually thinking... I'd like to sell and I'd like the names of some M&A attorneys or an investment banker and let's get the ball rolling. That, that is not an infrequent situation that you're going to find yourself in as you do more and more planning-oriented work with business owners. So my question is, Elizabeth, when that happens, how do you respond? What do you do? What do you say? Well, the first thing I say is good luck <laughs> and uh, let me know how it turns out. And if they were really looking for more than that, then we might we might sit down and and have a longer conversation. And this is kind of, you know, a corollary topic to one that you and I have discussed before, which was, you know, is that sort of, you know, client walks walks into a meeting with you with a letter of intent in their hand that they've already got or God forbid they've already signed. And, you know, what are you supposed to do? What can you do? Right. And things like right. that. And, you know, this this topic does, it continues to come around because business owners are in uh, more now than ever. And I think you, have, you and I have talked about this, maybe not on the podcast, but in other conversations, you know, things are changing rapidly. Yeah. Business owners are not able to predict the situation that they will be in in a year in two years, sometimes in six months. And and so to expect all business owners to really have part of their plan while they're busy, you know, sort of fending off the, you know, the remnants of the last recession and and sort of, you know, gearing up for the possible next recession, which is always what we're doing now, I think, you know, they're, they're, it's maybe unrealistic to expect them 
to have done complete comprehensive planning with a written plan in place that has been reviewed and contributed to by a variety of, of advisors. That all being said, that it's totally unrealistic to expect business owners to do that. But I would, what I would say is that this business owner coming in and saying, I think I would like to sell my business, is your opportunity to get all of that done. Right. right. And so what we've talked about before is uh, don't resist. Don't say, here's, a, here's a Elizabeth's list of don'ts. Don't say you're not ready. Don't say you haven't done the, enough planning. Don't say that's very risky and a huge mistake. Don't say any of those things to your client. What you, what I would recommend that advisors do say is, perfect, tell me more. Right. What has caused you to start thinking about this more? You're going to see things like, I have a health issue. My spouse has a health issue. My youngest child is finally financially independent. My, um, my buddy just sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, my industry is tanking you know there could be any number or consolidating or consolidating or you know there any number of things could be driving this conversation and so of course with me this is kind of a theme with me is i'm trying to understand why are we even having this conversation in the first place because i can get to i will get there in a minute you know what have you done so far and what is there still to be done and you and i can talk about that Mm -hmm. here but what i want to know first is why are we even having this conversation And try not to beat up my clients too much about why did you not do this sooner? Why are you not more ready? Take them as they come Mm -hmm. and try to understand what's driving the interest. Mm -hmm. And then from that point, I think we can start to have a more interesting conversation, maybe get to some of the things about planning that, you know, what can be done, what should be done and things like that. But, and, and I always have more to say about that, but is that where you would mm-hmm. start or what do you think is going on when clients are coming in and saying, and saying, I, th- I think I would like to sell my business kind of period yeah. done. Mm-hmm. It happens. And we saw it all the time. I think there's a few things. One, most of our clients are thinking about selling their business. They may not be thinking about selling it today, but in our past surveys of business owners we've done over the last several years, it's pretty consistent that about 80% of owners would like to leave their business in the next 10 years. True. And and so we know that they're giving some thought to it. And even the 20% who aren't thinking of leaving their businesses, a lot of those have decided to stay forever. So uh, most of our clients are thinking of selling their businesses. I think that's one reason that's driving them to come in and talk to us. Uh, I think another major reason is that the merger and acquisition marketplace is such that there's an awful lot more money out there looking for good businesses to buy than there are businesses who are prepared and ready and wanting to sell today. So they're approaching our clients uh, cold almost. I mean, they've done some research on our client, but there you'll often find that your successful business owners are being approached by would-be buyers on an ongoing basis. That's and, true. And yeah. so and so there there's all of this inf- you know, multiples are high. There's interest level that's high. Uh, we know that the business owners tend are continuing to age and they're not 
contrary to all of our expectations 10 years ago, they're not deciding to leave all at once. Right. This this sort of yeah. tsunami is really not happening. It really and hasn't. I get, oh, you know what they call it now, this age in place. And that's one of Age the, in place. <laughs> they do. It's a concept in uh, care for senior citizens. Uh-huh. You know, instead of moving them into nursing homes and facilities and retirement communities and things like that, there's this movement uh, called Age in Place. So as an old business owner, can I just stay here and age in place? That is, I think, (laughs) what you're saying, right? I think a lot of people want to do that. It's not that different. And so the spreading out, the tsunami basically being pushed down and really spread out into kind of a very, very, very slow bump yeah. uh, is is a little bit of people deciding to age in place. And, you know, and so we're seeing business owners stay longer, be happier. They're, yeah. A lot of them are pretty healthy. And then we're also seeing that some of those economic factors like, high multiples and vast amounts of private equity money that are available to buy businesses are really counteracted, of course, by something that you've uh, talked and written a lot about, John, which is the sort you know, a business owner's inability to get the same return on their investment from, from the market that as what they can get from their business. Right, so from they, an equivalent value, value business. Yeah, right, so if the business is worth $10 million and they invest the $10 million, they're only going to get uh, some return. Or if yeah. they uh, participate in a sale to private equity, they sell half the business or 60% of the business for $6 million and then invest that $6 million, they're not necessarily going to get the same rate of return that they would, the same income stream, maybe mm-hmm. we call mm-hmm. it, as if they left their money in. So the best businesses with the strongest cash flow and the highest level of profit are the least likely to want to sell. Do you think that's still true? Are we seeing any shifting in that? You know, I think it's such an individually determined event. Um, But to Elizabeth's point, there are high multiples that are being offered for buying a business, but also... Most of the successful businesses we encounter are also making more money and more profit than they've ever made before. Right. So there's, on the one hand, they're saying, why should I really sell? Well, because people keep contacting me and they're offering me these, these higher multiples, which will never be high enough to replace the income they're currently receiving between their compensation, their S-distributions, and the profit they leave in the company. But nevertheless, uh, they think maybe they should be leaving the business because they're getting older. So it's one of those scenarios where it gets back to, Elizabeth was saying it earlier about, oh, you want to leave your business? Tell me why. We really have to figure out the why that owners have that is compelling them or interesting them in exiting their business today through a, through a sale. Why do they want to sell? And they may have some very good reasons for selling, and and if we they can sell and achieve their goals and aspirations, by all means, we want to move ahead and help them prepare for that sale and take them through the sale process. But I think it really, as advisors, we need to back up 
and say, well, sure, this person can sell and they can sell for a lot of money, but why are they really interested in selling? We don't want them to sell their successful business and two years later come back and be have seller's remorse, which we've right. seen. Because now they were pretty darn happy running their business and going to the country club and so on. And now they've sold their business and they don't have a lot to do. Mm -hmm. So I think that's true. And it probably is telling us, I can go back and might be an interesting exercise to sort of look through the data that, that if high multiples and readily available private equity dollars. I don't know if readily available is a good way to say it, but I think um, it, it, they are, know, it is readily available. I think lots I think of, I don't, there's yeah. not a fancy way to say it. If massive amounts of private equity resources available to invest in businesses, if that plus the high multiples in the M&A market in general are not enough to get the tsunami rolling or not enough yeah. to get business that's right. that's owners a great to point. leave, what yeah. it's doing is it's really proving that there are other things driving right. the decisions. Right. And so understanding those, then we should probably, I mean, okay, so now we've kind of gotten kind of in the door mm -hmm. with our client. Okay, you think you want to uh, look at selling your business. I've talked to you so that I really understand what's driving this decision because the kinds of recommendations that I make mm -hmm going to really be dependent on that reason so maybe we can do you and i here can do maybe a couple of examples so if there are advisors who are listening or business owners mm -hmm. who are listening they can sort of be thinking about how you match up the intention or the motivation of the business owner with the kinds of steps that might be necessary so for example business owner it turns out to be having a health issue mm -hmm. i just had a heart attack i've mm -hmm. just been diagnosed mm -hmm. with ms i um, my blood pressure is sky high. My doctor has told me to cut back. So some kind of a health thing. Mm -hmm. Then probably I'm thinking you and I are going to really focus on uh, the, the steps that are necessary to have other people be taking over the responsibilities of mm -hmm. that owner. So first, identifying the kinds of things that that business owner is still doing that nobody else is doing. Sometimes it can be <clears> kind <throat> of a long mm -hmm. list. And then what kind of person should be taking over those responsibilities? Does that person exist inside the company or do they not? If not, what kind of person should we be looking for so that we can take some of the pressure and reduce some risk mm -hmm. for business owners having a health issue? Did I miss anything on the kinds of the direction we're going to kind of go if the if that's what's driving the decision? I, would, I think that's a great point. And I, I guess I would even expand that. Even if your client is the picture of health, if they're a baby boomer, which means they're older, uh, most baby boomers, I think, are at least 60 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, they, if they want to stay in that business, which is fine, that's their decision. Even though they're being approached by business businesses to sell their company, we should think of what we call business continuity planning, mm -hmm. which is what you're talking about. What does happen to the business if something happens to the owner. Right. Uh, it's kind of the next step. Because in, if a, an owner thinks maybe they should sell because they something could happen to them, so maybe they should sell now, well, maybe if they really want to stay in the business and we can develop a great continuity plan, which is more than just transferring ownership, it's putting in place uh, 
value drivers in the company, if they don't already have it, that will ensure the continuation of the business without the participation of the owner, a great management team, operating systems, things like that. Maybe that should be our focus as advisors that will also have an impact of increasing the value of the company should they decide to sell it. So we really get back uh, by to where we start from an, an exit planning or planning for the future with tell me more and that question is going to lead into a lot of different paths where you as an advisor can help your business owner clients and if you're a business owner listening in this is where you can improve the business and the fun and enjoyment you're getting from the business through additional planning uh, it if you have a more valuable business, it means you have a business that can operate more independently from you as an owner so that you're able to participate and do the things you want to do. I agree. And so, you know, the, those examples and you bled over into sort of the, that value driver issue, mm-hmm. which is maybe going to take the lead in cases where the reason why we're having the conversation is... I hear multiples are high, or I've seen that multiples in my industry are high. Okay, well, do you have value drivers in place? And does your company look like the kinds of companies that get the highest multiples? Because just being in an industry is not enough. Although it's amazing how owners who don't have great businesses can use those high multiples that successful businesses Mm -hmm. in their their industry are using to sell. And and that's why we get back to... You know, tell us more. Let's really figure out what's going on with this business. Does it have everything in place that it needs to get those high multiples? Right. And then I'm going to emphasize whatever your reasons are, mm-hmm. this next business owner, whatever their reasons are for wanting to get ready for a sale, those are really going to end up showing up as a more concentrated uh, portion of the recommendations that I make because I need to respond to the thing that's driving them mm-hmm. might have all these other things that I need to do as well. And we're going to kind of bundle them together so that they can, so that we can leverage one planning solution or a strategy against another. Mm-hmm. But a business owner should be able to see from their advisor and advisors should be able to connect the thing that's motivating the owner should be connected to the things that we're telling them to do. Mm -hmm. If those things Mm -hmm. cannot be matched, then we have a communication breakdown and everybody needs to sit down and and talk some more. But if we are communicating well, then that's the direction that I think good planning will go. What's driving the decision? What situation are we in? And can I see how the recommendations that one or more advisors are making are connected to those interests of the owner? So. I feel like that's sort of that's why we plan is so that we can make those connections and mm-hmm. maybe get to better outcomes, right? Yeah, and I, I'd say as we as we wrap up here, that's that is why we plan. And and I guess I would suggest to the advisors that if you're continually being surprised by your clients approaching you and say, "Hey, I think I'm ready to sell to a third party or give the business to my kids." or create an ESOP, whatever exit path they have decided they want to move down, and it's a surprise to you, you haven't been doing your job. I hate to say that, but you should be asking your business owner clients now if they've given thought 
to someday leaving their business, what the future looks like for them and their business as we move forward in time. These are discussions all of us as advisors should be having on an ongoing basis with all of our owner clients, so we're never surprised. Agreed. That will be the goal. Never be surprised by a client, and we'll constantly try to try to strive for that goal. Yeah. I think that's a good one. And I, having said that, I was surprised all the time when I finished <laughs> It's a goal. <laughs> it's a goal. It's not a reality. Exactly. But do your best, and you will help yourself. You'll help your clients. You'll help your practice. Agreed. All right. Well, I appreciate you being here today, John. This has been fun again. And we'll look forward to talking about the next subject on the next episode of our podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit ExitPlanning.com.